This is Coast to Coast. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Corey Johnson. We're here every day bringing the latest news in the world of business and finance. And the most interesting stories in global technology from Silicon Valley and beyond, powered by our more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. You can download Coast to Coast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Bloomberg.com. You can also listen to our radio show weekdays at 2 o'clock Eastern only on Bloomberg Radio. Well, maybe he has some bargains for your portfolio. Alan Lance is the director of a research for LanceGlobal.com, president of Alan B. Lance & Associates, joining us from Toledo, Ohio. Alan Lance, always a pleasure to hear your voice and your thoughts for investing. Maybe just give us the, the ground rules. What does Alan Lance look for in a stock? Well, our, our key is uh, as, as far as uh, risk-reward that's three to four times uh, more on the uh, reward side than the risk side, so so we're very uh, value conscious. That doesn't mean I mean some of our largest holdings and our managed accounts, PIM, include you know Google and and Apple, but they were bought at times when when those stocks um, even a uh, multi-decade favored Amgen. We, we we bought when when they were really out of favor, and people saw Amgen as a one product company, even though uh, they're pipeline had uh, an, enough uh, in the next two, three years uh, uh, from the early onset to, uh, you know, make them a behemoth in the industry. And, and that, that's what we look for. If we're going to take risk, make sure we get rewarded for it. And uh, as, as, as far as uh, try to take advantage, uh, like we learned from Sir John Templeton of the market extremes. So 10 years ago when Everything was uh, overvalued. Uh, uh, we raised uh, a lot of cash, and, and uh, today we're still finding bargains uh, selectively. So, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to ride this uh, wave as, as, as long as we can, but uh, reduce risk on the way up. All right. Well, tell us, what, if you can, at least one of your surfboards. What is one of your examples uh, of riding this wave? Well, uh, when we talked uh, last month, we were saying how energy and telecom were down, uh, you know, double-digit percentage-wise, and I, you know, I think, uh, you know, when you compare that to at the time, tech was up thirty overnight, thirty-nine percent. Uh, you know, we, we saw the bargains in, in, in tech and telecom, and and this market's been very uh, strange because uh, you know, Verizon a month ago was trading near new lows. Uh, and 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 uh, you know today is 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 approaching uh, uh, a new 52-week uh, high. So 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 the market uh, you know has has really condensed its move. We used to see moves like that. You know uh, when we talked decades ago, uh, you know over two, three, four years, and 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 now you're seeing it. You know in, in a very short-term fashion. And I think uh, you know investors have to take advantage of that and and don't chase. Uh, you know these companies and and have uh, set by parameters so so you are monitoring risk at a an ongoing basis Hey, I want to ask you about a couple of stocks um, that I think Barron's had highlighted that you liked, undervalued stocks, and that included Fitbit, Crocs, Occidental, and Twitter. Twitter has had a nice run this year. It's up about 33%. Uh, is this something that you're still holding on to? Yes, Carol. We're, we're, we actually still own all those. Mm -hmm. I mean, we wouldn't be buying them because they've all moved up. But we're, we're holding. I, th I think uh, they they do have uh, 
uh, further upside. Uh, there was a kind of a barbell approach there where the Twitter and, and the, the Fitbit and, and the Crocs were obviously uh, uh, more speculative and then the Occidental uh, on, on the other end of the, uh, the uh, spectrum being uh, more income and, and uh, uh, more financially sound. So, so that was our strategy uh, this summer when Barron's interviewed us that basically uh, uh, the opportunities were in small uh, caps that kind of uh, mm-hmm. fell through the cracks and, and were underappreciated or oversold. Uh, and, and then, um, again, the energy, because uh, uh, the, the market was hammering energy, even though there are some good quality long-term buys there. Yeah, Crocs is pretty impressive just this year. Uh, not a name that I've been following that much, under a billion in market cap, but PIM up about 64%. Yes. You know, Alan, when do you sell? Or maybe you could even just give us a, a detailed analysis, maybe, of how do you leg into a trade? Do you buy, you know, you don't buy the entire position all at once. I mean, maybe even use Verizon as an example, because as you said, you know, if you go back to mid-November, uh, the shares of Verizon are up more than 20% just since mid-November. How do you uh, participate in, in something like that? Do you, do you buy a small portion? And, and how do you steal yourself if it goes the, the other way at first? Yeah, it usually goes the other way. I mean, we're we're not good at you know picking a bottom. Like you know, in, in 35 years, I think uh, we probably picked uh, half a dozen bottoms. You know, where, where the markets turned. You know, right after we bought it. Uh, so generally, what we do, Pim, is we'll buy um, you know a Verizon when when it gets to a level that that we we see attractive according to our parameters, and and it'll continue to go down. To be honest, and and we'll just accumulate. So yeah, we we do not we do not buy a full position, and and we'll have uh, aggressive of buying range, you know, where we will buy it when it uh, plunges below our, our buy limits and then just keep on buying as it gets down to our aggressive buying range as long as the fundamentals are, are still intact and the reason we're buying it is is still apparent. So that that's what we do uh, on, on the uh, the buy side, and, and it's worked well over the years. On, on the sell side, it's much more difficult. you got to figure, you know, is this uh, a company that's going to be, you know, one of our core, core holdings, like the companies we talked about, the Costco's and mm. Amgen's and Google's, or, or is it going to be something where we, uh, you know, take partial profits? And many times we'll do that if a stock spikes 60 you know, percent or doubles for us, we, we might take some of the money off the table and then let the rest of it ride, depending again on the on the fundamental aspects and what else is out there. Hey, just got about 25 seconds. You included in your research top 10 American companies for the past 100 years. You show 1917, 67, and 2017. Just very quickly, why? Well, I just think it, it, it's fascinating how, how it's changed, you know, mm. and even with the Bitcoin now and, 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 and how uh, these companies, I mean, there's none, yeah. you know, as far as from 50 years, let alone, you know, uh, as, as far as from 100 years. And I, I think it's important right. to, for investors to keep that perspective. Swift and Company back in 1917, one of the top 10 American. In 67, Sears was one of the top 10, a PIM. And then in 2017, you got things like Alphabet and Apple. Time has changed. <laughs> Alan Lance, thank you so much of Lance Global, right here on Bloomberg. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. All right, so are you stuck a little bit when it comes to a gift idea for that someone special? Well, how about a private photo session with an acclaimed photographer or perhaps something doing good, a gift of a clean water well to those who need it. It's time for the 2017 Fantasy Gifts 
from Neiman Marcus. Mimi Sterling is Vice President of Corporate Communications and Public Relations at Neiman, and she joins us on the phone from Dallas. Mimi, nice to have you here on this Wednesday uh, with Pim Fox and myself. So tell us a little bit about, um, for those who might not be in the know, I always love this section of Neiman Marcus, those fantasy gifts. Tell us a little bit about them. Thank you for having me today, and happy holidays to yeah, everybody. to you too. So this is, thank you, this is our 110th anniversary at Neiman Marcus. We opened our doors here in Dallas in 1907, and to celebrate our 110th anniversary, we have amazing um, different fantasy gifts that we are um, selling this year. In fact, some of them are already sold out, so I'm thrilled to tell you about um, all of them, but especially the ones that are still remaining and one thing we do like to remind everybody is that each of these gifts has a philanthropic focus, and a portion of the proceeds of each gift goes back to the Heart of Neiman Marcus Foundation, which supports youth arts education in different communities around the United States. And in some cases, these gifts benefit global initiatives as well. Well, Mimi, I'm wondering if you could tell us some of the gifts that have already been claimed. This way, I don't have to worry about what to get Carol Master. <laughs> Sure. Always good to know where you're shop. You know what you're shopping for when you pull out your list. So a few of them that have already sold. Um, one is the Ryder Cup experience. Oh yeah. And this is a, a trip um, to Paris for four people to spend what we're calling behind the greens experience with Jim Furyk, the renowned golfer. It's a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar experience in September 2018, um, and we have a buyer. So that one's already been sold. It's very exciting. Another one that's already sold is the experience with Gray Malin. So he's a really well-known photographer who shoots a lot of beach and other scenes, but a lot of beach scenes from an, um, a helicopter, so an aerial photography adventure. Um, that that would be cool on your Instagram account, no doubt about it, right? Absolutely, and, and he is quite prolific on Instagram. Um, it's Gray Malin. And the trip is $35,000. It's a trip for you and a guest, so a, a couple or or two friends, um, to Santa Monica. You'll stay in a beautiful beachside hotel and then go in an aerial um, photo you know, adventure with him where you'll help him pick the next spot for his photo shoot, capture that photo with him, and then come home with a framed print as well as a handful of different products that he sells. He has a few books out that are really beautiful, um, trays, water bottles, candles, etc. I so do really a, a young, modern... Um, Gift. And he, I love to tell people, Gray was actually one of our interns in Neiman Marcus a couple of years ago. Love that. Um, so when we met him about this gift, he was so excited to be back with us in Neiman Marcus. Coming full circle. Um, I do want to hear about some of those that are still available. But just, just quickly, how do you come up with these ideas um, every this year? The, yeah, this is one of the most fun things um, that I work on. Of course, there's a team of us. So uh, it's not just one person that pulls all these together, of course. We call it um, our team of elves. Um, so what we do is we start, actually, we're having a, a meeting this week for next year. So it's sort of always Christmas here at Neiman Marcus. Um, there's a handful of us, people from the creative team, from marketing, different uh, of our merchant partners that all get together. And we have uh, proposals that come in from around the world. We have people pitching us ideas all year round. We also come up with some of the ideas ourselves. And then as a team, we vet the ideas, we enhance them, um, we, uh, you know, in some cases edit them to make sure that they really speak to our customers. And whether that is, you know, a, a Madam Alexander and Kid Craft gift that may speak to a grandparent looking to buy a grandchild a memorable $8,000 dollhouse, 
to a $1.6 million experience in Times Square for New Year's Eve. We really looked, you know, for a broad range of offerings, something for a sports enthusiast, something for wait, a wait, wait. Wait, $1.6 million for a New Year's experience? Tell me about that one. Okay, yeah. So that's one of our most exciting gifts this year. It is um, a trip to New York City. Um, it's for 300 people. So it's you and 299 of your closest friends. It is in partnership with the Knickerbocker Hotel, and you will be at eye level with the ball that drops right in the heart of Times Square. It's a very elevated mm-hmm. experience, both figuratively and um, physically, where you'll be on the rooftop of this hotel. You get 150 hotel rooms for two nights, and then an experience like none other, the really height of luxury for this New Year's Eve um, experience. And if you actually amortize it out, it's about $5,000 a person. Um, and with two hotel rooms and this priceless evening, I, it's actually, I have a way to talk you into it. It's not actually a bad deal. <laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah, only $5,333 yeah, $5, each. I mean, it, it I'm calling almost my sounds family re- now. <laughs> it almost sounds reasonable. Uh, who decided uh, or who selected the his and hers uh, 27, the, the Rolls Royce Dawn uh, convertible? Is it a convertible? Yeah, it's a convertible, right? Yeah, and, and one thing we're really proud to point out this year is that we've taken the gender out of this conversation. So each year in the past, you know, decades, we've always offered something kind of his and hers. And the history of those gifts are really fun to talk about. And in many cases, they were signs of the times where they they did have quite stark gender portrayals in them. Um, this year, we, we feel like really that gender conversation is... So it's yours and mine. Today. I beg your pardon. Yours exactly. and mine cars. Exactly. So if, you know... It, to a mother daughter, two best friends, you know, um, you, you know, his and his, of, hers and hers. Does it have yeah, to? Do exactly. you have to take? Can you can you change the orange? Oh, I understand that one of them is blue on. and the other one is orange. It's like the Hermes orange. So, it's nice, Pam. So we have we have two available. You can purchase one at a time. You don't have to buy them together. The um, orange color is a Saint Tropez. Uh, color, that's how we're calling it, really to reflect that sunshine and energy of the south of France. And um, it is a beautiful, it's called the uh, Rolls-Royce Dawn. It's a V12. I've personally ridden in these cars. It is an experience like none other. And then the blue is Lago de Como. It's a a beautiful color that reflects that northern Italy, um, you know, lake where uh, I dream of going, frankly. And uh, the, right. the you're going to wave at George Clooney as you drive by in this. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know, hey, I'm all my best friend, George Clooney, well, um, and the twins. So um, yeah. they are um, available one at a time. And one thing I, I am very pleased to say is that we have sold a handful of them. And I love the first that. Purchasers was I, I, a uh, same-sex couple actually out of the New York area. So we had good uh, two stuff. gentlemen purchase the duo. Mimi, yeah. we got to run. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas. Mimi Sterling, Vice President of Corporate Communications and PR over at Neiman Marcus on the phone from Dallas. Pim Fox, Carol Masser, we're Bloomberg Radio. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I feel the earth move under my feet. You move like they do. I've never seen anyone move that fast. All right, people, let's move like we've got a purpose. Something's called Movers and Shakers. They cost a little more, but that name cracked me up.
Bloomberg Markets, Movers and Shakers with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. All right, everybody, time for a look at some of your movers and shakers, winners and losers on this Wednesday afternoon. Corey's off. Pim Fox in the house with me right here on Bloomberg Markets. Quick check on the S&P 500, 233 names in the index higher today, 266 lower, six unchanged. Pim, I want to talk a little about the toy makers because Mattel... Mattel and Hasbro, yes. Yeah, right? We keep seeing them certainly in the news a lot and they come up on the uh, biggest gainers and losers in the S&P 500. Mattel was a big loser uh, in the session yesterday. Big gainers, up 6.6% in today's trade to 15.59 a share, still down 43%. Uh, And keep in mind, yesterday we had Monas Crespi cut Mattel to neutral amid a likely conservative outlook, but... Mattel bouncing back in today's session. Hasbro, too. Interest in news about Hasbro today. Unusually high by the flow of information about the company, no greater than average. We keep kind of a, a check, Bloomberg does, measures the number of times people call up news stories or search for articles on a specific company. And so we did that. Uh, certainly found that uh, to be a lot higher than usual on Hasbro. Hasbro, too, Pim, up 3.7% today. That stock's up 23% so far this year. Uh, give you a question here. Do you want uh, luxury goods or would you like uh, pharmaceuticals? I like Luxury goods. Luxury goods. All right. Coty. You know, Coty is the manufacturer of perfumes, colognes, and other beauty products. And they don't carry their own labels. They carry other people's brands. Shares of Coty today moving higher by more than 4%. Why? Because they were successful in blocking the sale of some of their prestige perfumes on some websites. They're trying to preserve their image and also raise protection for these brands. Mm -hmm. And a European Court of Justice has ruled in favor of Coty restricting one of its retailers from selling the prestige beauty brands on Amazon. So it means you're not going to be able to get such things, I guess, Alexander McQueen, Tiffany and Company, Chloe, Calvin Klein, Burberry, and so on. Some of those fragrances are not going to be available on the Amazon website. And as a result, the shares of Cody move higher. They get to protect more of their brands, up more than... I think four and a quarter percent. Yeah, number three gainer in the S and P. Hey, let's talk a little bit about Caterpillar, uh, if we may. Up three point six percent today, one hundred forty eight dollars fifty seven cents a share. What are they doing this year? Up sixty percent. The stock took a beating for I feel like many years over questions over some of the bets it made uh, in terms of mining and so on and so forth. It did gain thirty six percent last year, uh, but again getting a big bump up. Uh, Caterpillar uh, saying that uh, sales continued, machinery sales specifically. Global machinery sales continue to improve thanks to renewed strength in Latin America, indicating that the worst may be behind for Brazil as it recovers from recession. So cat shares climbing after it reported global retail machine sales in the three months through November rose 26% from a year earlier. And, Pim, that's the biggest gain since January of 2012 as Latin American sales jumped 48%. That data, by the way, showing the sixth straight month of gains in the region and the biggest increase since July of 21. So that's a big bounce back. For you still company. have that big earth-moving uh, <laughs> Uh, machine, I know, because you've been out to visit that the people fun. in Caterpillar. I remember I kinda that. I kind of like those Indeed. big machines. Let me tell you about one stock we mentioned. Pharmace- I mentioned pharmaceuticals, yes. and this has to do with uh, Teva uh, Pharmaceutical. This is the big generic uh, drug giant. They have set tomorrow for the release of the plan for fixing the company, and it may entail as many as 10,000 job cuts. There is a scheduled 8 a.m. Eastern Time conference call with uh, investors and uh, analysts, and the fears of these job cuts in Israel have actually sparked calls for a general strike. Hmm. There are estimates that 
about 3,000 people could be let go in Israel and 10,000 for the whole company. We don't know what units or we don't know any specifics yet, but uh, 8 a.m. tomorrow will be an important time to watch for Teva Pharmaceuticals. The shares lower today by a little bit more than 4.5%. And they've been struggling for some time to yes. try and kind of get back on track. And new executives. Lots of debt. Yes, lots of debt. All right, Dave, you're up. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave. Wilson, where are you? Wilson! Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? We're going for the price on Wilson. Open up the door, it's Dave! Who? Dave! Hey, Mr. Wilson! Hey, Mr. Wilson. How are you doing, Dave Wilson? We started the day early today, didn't we, together? We sure did, and uh, I've got a lot to get through in the Go next ahead. minute and a half, so let's get to it. First, that, that's Mike. It. That's it. Stop talking, the two of you. <laughs> First, my chart of the day uh, is looking at really sort of a reversal that's been happening this decade in the U.S. stock market. Think about the 1990s were all about growth stocks, thanks to an internet bubble. 2000s all about value stocks as that bubble burst. Here we are in the 2010s, and growth stocks are back. Uh, if you look at 10-year performance, the Russell 1000 growth index is beating the Russell 1000 value index by the widest margin since 1999. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I will get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Next. Stock of the day, yes. which is Arc Best. This is a company that used to be Arkansas Best. Uh, they're in trucking. They're in logistics. The ticker is ARCB. Stocks really bounced around this year. Fell as much as 44% through May and then more than doubled, recouping the loss and then some. Analysts have been backing away from the stock, though. Since October, there hasn't been a single buy rating. Morningstar went to a sell recommendation in November, and today, Stiefel followed suit. Analyst David Ross cut his rating to sell from hold, citing concern about the outlook for a new labor contract between the ABF freight unit, their main business, and the Teamsters. The union represents about 8,600 workers at ABF, and the current agreement expires in March. Company and the union are supposed to exchange proposals starting next week. And as Ross sees it, the unit really isn't in a good position to negotiate. Now, the rating cut sent ArcBest falling as much as 24% to a three-month low. Stock closed with a loss of 8.3%. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Bloomberg.com. You can also listen to our radio show weekdays at 2 o'clock Eastern only on Bloomberg Radio. And follow us on Twitter. She's at Carol Masser, and I'm at Corey TV.